We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Spraggers? You're you're screwing with me. I hate you. <laughs> How you doing, man? Oh, I was like, <laughs> oh my god! If I just did all that work and it blew out again, you you held it together pretty well there, though. I'm not gonna lie. I, I did. I did. Hey, I I I got a sneaky hot take. Can we start the show off with a sneaky hot take? Uh, always. What you got? I feel like I would be. I would be a good actor. Now, hold on. I'm not saying like DiCaprio, Hanks. Like, I'm not. I'm not even going like B-list movie. I'm talking like you could plop me down on the CW and give me about twelve lines per episode of a TV show, and you could trust that I would execute those rather well. Is it because you're full of shit, or? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, <laughs> to be full of shit, you have to be a piece of shit. So there it's you like, go. I love it. I have embraced who I am, and I think in a moment, if you're like, hey, Brandon, we're going to need your character to be this way, this way, and deliver the line that way, I think I could hit it. I think I could do it. Okay. It's, it's a random belief in myself. I never even did plays or anything growing up. The only, the only acting, quote-unquote, that I've done is for commercials. Right. That's, and that's it. I don't, I don't think I've had any lines. It's hey, what did you been the walk? What did you think about your guys's commercials? Just out of curiosity. Okay, so those the the promos sucked. <laughs> we had ideas of stuff that we wanted. What's really yeah. irritating? Not even irritating. It's more of like I I look at at other people who were like, oh, you're really that dumb, and I'm like, you really think I'm that dumb? <laughs> you you thought that was real? In which case, I'm a hell of an actor. Like <laughs> that's that's as far, as far as I can take that. Like the promos, we, uh, you know what? Here, I'll tell you one. This is one that was shot down that had pretty much unanimous support. There was gonna be Joe was gonna be in the bathroom in front of the mirror, like warming up his vocal cords, getting really low, like being real real proud of himself. And then we were gonna have Dan Sheldon like come out of the like one bathroom stall and go like you know three octaves lower like pat him on the back like nice job joe and the great part about this is is joe's you know five eight and sheldon's about six one so it would have been like him patting a little kid on the head 
And then Dan was going to feel really good about himself. And then you're going to hear the toilet flush again and out walked Mark Mason just with all the bass in the world and be like, oh, keep it up, guys. And just have him walk out. That's a good idea. Like, like right. We, like, we Why had didn't a, they nix that? Because it was too fun. See, that's that's one of the many failures of companies like that is mm-hmm. not listening to the first of all, you hire people. And, and look, I. I don't mean this in a douchey way, but technically the title is talent, talent. right? Whatever, whatever that. <laughs> We've means, all signed right? our talent contracts. We've got our talent reps or agents. Yeah, no, it's a real thing, people. Whatever, yeah, whatever that stupid term really means. But uh, it's funny that they hire talent, and then when the talent gets a suggestion on content, they're like, you know what? Nah. I, I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna button it up, and it's like, okay, so you're gonna have me drive a Dodge Ram in the streets? Like that's more. Oh, or, or do you remember that? Oh, I remember that. I was, I was always like, this is such a, it, just call it a Dodge commercial, really. I mean, it's so a, the night that we promo. shot that commercial, uh, we went to three different locations. We were uh, sober at the time of driving, but as the night went on, uh, we were not. And we were right across the, like one of the scenes is filming Joe getting in and out of the truck. Mm-hmm. And across the street, is Helium Comedy Club, where Shane was the host at the time. And there's 12, 15 comics, like the biggest Portland comics, watching this. They're all friends of ours. You know, they, they came on the show and stuff like that. And they are heckling the bejesus out of all of us. We couldn't keep our shit straight. It, it was... <clears throat> they were absolutely vicious and we're just trying to keep a straight face while we're filming like literally joe just walking 12 feet and it's just one liner after one liner after one liner and the entire production staff you know you got guys there sitting there holding the lights and they're going <laughs> just shaking uncontrollably <laughs> camera guys just dropping the camera because they can't keep it together yeah. joe trying not to lose it that entire thing we filmed over one night, and it was like six hours just for a minute 30. That's the thing that I always found to be just wild about that. Like, ah, yeah, you film here, you film that. And you're like, no, another take. No, another take. No, another take. And you're just like, okay. How many times can I walk making the same stupid look on my face? I'll, I'll give you a quick story, and then we dive into the pod. I'll, yeah. I- once upon a time, I worked at Comcast when it was Comcast Sportsnet was Comcast. Northwest. Yeah, CSNNW.com. And it was my first job out of college, and I covered Oregon State athletics, mainly men's basketball and, and football. It's really all they cared about. They were the great program then, too. Uh, no. No, they weren't. Uh, as a low blow. Um, so Jen Burley, who used to work at the Oregonian, she's now doing stuff with Portland Diamond Project. She also, it was her first job out of college. She covered the Oregon Ducks. She went to Oregon. Uh, You know, they hired her out of Eugene. And then I went to Oregon State and I got connected through somebody that I uh, did some stuff with at college. And so I'm covering Oregon State. She's covering Oregon. So we come up and we do these photos and then they send us off with all this equipment and we start covering. And right before camp gets going in fall, they're like, hey, we want to do a, we want to do a joint promotional commercial. And I was like, a commercial? Yes. Yes. And so we drive to Portland and we go to this boxing gym somewhere in Southeast Portland. It's like, it's, it's, uh, it's like near Stark or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So we, we go there. I'd never been in a boxing gym before. And so we, we walk in there and I'm like, oh no, a gym. And I, my first thought just 
being who I was in that moment, my first thought was, oh no, they're, I'm going to be shirtless and I'm kind of fat right now. Like that's all I was thinking about. And I'm like, Jen's Jen just gets to wear whatever. And like, <laughs> I'm going to be shirtless. Like, let's go, you know, like some stupid. So anyways, they're running us through this idea and they're like, we basically, we want you guys to get in the ring and we want you to jab a punch at each other. And we're going to play it up during the, 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 the game formerly known as the civil war. And we're going to drive up the hype and, you know, Oregon and Oregon State had just played two pivotal Civil War games in 08 and 09, mm -hmm. and this is 2011. So it's like, all right, here we go. We were there for half the day. Hey, we need Jen to do this. Hey, we need Brandon Solo to do this. Hey, Jen and Brandon. You know what I mean? It's like all, all the on, different on, angles on. and all the different cuts. Yeah. All the different angles. We're there for half a day. I walk out and I'm like, you know, not my cup of tea of a commercial, but hey, why not? it looks like, well, it looks like I'm committing domestic violence, but... <laughs> It's, it's, you know, I, I'm on a TV commercial. This is cool. Yeah. I drive by. So the season plays out. And to wrap the story up, I'll just, I'll tell you right now. We spent half the day there. They never even aired it once. Oh, yeah, because, no. We, we had a handful that never aired. Because Oregon State went three and nine. And the, it didn't and, matter. And, and the Civil War, we all knew Civil War was going to be a blowout. It was in Eugene. That Oregon State team is one of the worst in like the last 25 years, maybe 30 years. And they were like, there's nah. no interest. We're not, we're not pubbing this. And I'm like, you're not even going to air the commercial once. No. And he goes, no, it's not really worth it for us. And I go, then why did I spend half a day there? That was frustrating to me. Yeah, no, that's, that's typical. We, we have a handful of those. The, the, it, se it seemed like the ones that we hated the most were the ones that made air. That's typically how it went. It was, you know, Go figure. Uh, intensive purposes was the one. It, everybody ran. Oh, oh! It, I bet you it's intensive. Like I've gotten that on Twitter, like probably two dozen times from people who like who really thought that was real. And it's just like it's mildly frustrating. Not that you that people like throw it at me. It's that they thought it was real. I forgot about that commercial, and I forgot to make fun of you for that commercial. I. Yeah, you know, I, hey, you guys are better than that. That's you know what I mean. Like you're better than one word corrections. You had great ideas, they just didn't run them. I'll, no, they, I'll tell they you. Had, I'll give you the other one. We were gonna do one where like the the show ends and like a you know a side camera like behind the scenes, and Joe was gonna turn into the like you know go from like every man <laughs> to like the most evil human being on the face of the planet. Like soon as the light cut off. Slick back the hair, light a cigarette. Somebody would like look him in the eye, be like, "Don't look at my, don't look me in the eyes," you know that kind of a thing. Yeah, and he, yeah, yeah. we were gonna like walk him through the the entire NBC complex, you know, like a mob boss. <laughs> <laughs> See, these are things they should be listening to because they ultimately they were better than what they gave. You. Yeah, I mean, we had a commercial. Uh, last thing for me, and then we can start. The we had a we did have one commercial, but it was like a. Um, Hey, uh, come, come, come check us out at CSNNW. And honestly, looking back, CSNNW at the time, gotta be pretty proud of being the, a part of this cast. We had, we had Ian Carmel. There was a ton of we people had, there. Are you kidding? We had Dwight. We had Abby Chin, who's mm -hmm. doing, killing it in Boston. We had Chris Haynes yeah. starting on the beat. We had, uh, we had Jen Burley, who's doing great stuff with the Portland Diamond Project. Like, we, we were pretty loaded. Yeah. And um, one commercial was basically like, Tune us in this fall, this winter, CSNW. And it was like a picture or a quick snapshot of everybody. It's like Dwight James and it's like Abby Chin. And then it, it goes to me, it goes, 
and Brandon Sprague on Beavs. And the thing they chose to use, I must have did two hours of photos. The thing they chose to use, Danny, was me like this in all black, by the way. Black tie, black shirt, and it's me like this with a football. And I'm like, oh, my God. You made me maybe the douchiest human being of all time. Oh, 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 really? Did they, did they use the picture of you where you where they jokingly like said, give me the thinker, and you were like, hmm. And then they used that in every single promo because they did that to me for three goddamn years, Brandon. <laughs> the picture that I hated more than anything, they used for everything. And it was... Again, we're we're doing entirely behind you know inside baseball stuff, but like these are like this like when people say these these like the things that go on besides like the the fun of the job. This is the all the other stuff that comes along with it. Not that it's terrible. It's just like it's so many random things that come up in doing this. Uh, there's from that promo shoot day. I've I've still got it on my phone. Joe Shane and I have spent like a whopping ten minutes together outside of you know doing these pictures. Like we just don't really know each other. And I was like, I don't know what spawned it. I was like, we want to do a human pyramid. So there's a picture oh of God. Shane and I on the bottom with Joe on top of us doing a human pyramid that they have for promo <laughs> purposes. I, I have, I took a picture of it and I was like, oh my God, the desperation <laughs> that we went to. Speaking of desperation, thank you all for joining us. The people are piling in. We didn't, we didn't go our usual 15 minutes. We, we finished in 13 minutes worth of BSing before we got into stuff. Jesse, Jabaspi, Nibble, Lessery, Ahmad, Johnny, Munrick, everybody. Appreciate y'all. Uh, new day, new time. Uh, this is probably when we'll try to keep things around five, six on Wednesdays. Yeah, it might, uh, it might vary from five to six. Yeah, uh, that's kind of how it goes. Um, people here asking, uh, were they training at Twalton High School? I think they were training at Twalton. That's usually yeah, it's, it's Twalton. They it's where they usually do it. Uh, I hadn't asked so. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, for, for those that don't know, the practice facility is, is, is in Tualatin. It's right down the street from Bridgeport. So Tualatin mm-hmm. High School is literally, what, two turns away? Yeah. Um, not that far. So um, taking away from the photos from that day, did you see Nurk holding the football? I didn't, I didn't see that. Yeah. One of the pictures? Yeah. He's got like no. a little bit of like a quarterback pose. Except for he's like holding the middle of the football with the laces out. He's one of those. He doesn't know anything about football, nope. but they're playing it, so he's just playing along. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. Future guest on the pod, Anthony Simons. Um, he uh, he said that he, he he can throw that thing. So there might be a uh, there might be a challenge. How far? That's, How far? That's, that's that's that was my question, and he and he mm. he he told me that he, you know I'd, I'd have to see it for myself. How far do you think you could throw? <sighs> Healthy? 40, assuming you could, assuming 45, you could 40, mm-hmm. 45. I, what's weird is I, I have really tiny hands, <laughs> so it's kind of hard for me to get like a, a good grip on a football, um, especially like an NFL football. Um, I had a hell of an arm play in baseball. I, you know, I, one hop from center, no problem. But football is just a little bit of a different beast for me. But I, I still am just, you know, strong enough to – air it out but I, I've, I've you know I've, I've played with guys who played in the NFL and that's a terrifying thing if you're caught you, if you ever caught a pass from a guy who's like a, a legit D1 or an NFL quarterback yeah 
They, I mean, you you can feel it, you can hear it. Like there's, it hurts. There's a difference. It, yeah, there's like a it, difference. It, it, you don't catch the ball like to catch it. You catch it in self defense. But were you catching it with stickum gloves like these receivers get nowadays? No, no, barehanded. Just yeah. Boonk. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's different when you get the gloves though. Yeah, you you feel it like the ball like it's like a like put a screw into wood like when the screw gets hot like it gets hot coming into your hand yeah. like because it's spinning so fast it's like, and you can hear okay. that. <laughs> yeah, it comes up on you quick, man. So yeah. um, and says he can throw that thing though. So I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna put that one to the test. So uh, I guess now's a good time to say uh, Nibble says one on pod one on one pod was dope. By the way, uh, yep. Uh, thank you guys. The the Greg Brown interview was awesome. I haven't really pubbed it too much because we haven't dropped it on on Blazers Edge yet. I think we're going to do that tomorrow. Uh, it's just kind of sitting there out in the ether. Um, but anybody who subscribed can see it already. Uh, I do have Anthony Simons tomorrow. So uh, that and is. I will not be on that one either. <laughs> no, you will. You're all, you are going to be on that one, I thought. We scheduled two, it so you could be in there. No, three. Two. Oh, is it three? Yeah, I bumped it. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, I'll, I, I'll be I, on that. Yeah, I called him, get him on. Yep. Oh, there we go. I, I see the homie Black Cheese. Justin Cheeseman, what's going on, buddy? Um, do you know what they say about small hands? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, small gloves. That's true. Yeah, I, I I have I have said this before. I'm like God's Mr. Potato Head. I have giant feet, miniature legs. <laughs> oh, thank you. She's little 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 gifted sub. I appreciate you, buddy. Um, but I like my legs are would match like somebody who's like five six. But my upper body is like somebody who matches somebody that's like six four. Yeah, no, it makes no sense. I was put together spare parts. My wingspan is six six, but I've got these little tiny. Cup hands, 
It, it, like, it, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. It's just like, ah, what do we got? Ah, we'll work with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're, we're going to have Ant tomorrow. Uh, I think that's going to be really cool because I, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people uh, and a big brain. I don't know if I got a big brain. I just make some big, big brain moves every now and then. I just, you know, you, you, you make enough mistakes in life and you, you just kind of pick up, you know, okay, this is where I'm going to go here. So I'm going to go. Hopefully here. you learn from it. Yeah. yeah right. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we, we obviously had the one-on-one with Greg. Uh, you've got a uh, hit with Greg that you're going to play on 1080 coming up. And I'm going to. Uh, we'll have Ant tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably spend about 30, 40 minutes with him, just like we did with Greg. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have got questions, feel free to DM to me. Uh, I'll well, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do it right now while I'm talking. Um, do, I, I am working to, to book a few other guys uh, in the next week or so with Camp Start and Media Day, all that kind of stuff. It kind of gets a little bit busy uh, as far as tracking guys down. So, uh, we got a ton coming up, uh, including some guests on Media Day. We are going to go live on Media Day. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of what time and when we're going to slot stuff in. Uh, Chauncey, Neil, and a few players are going to be available on Media Day. I'm not certain yet whether or not I'm going to be there in person, but they are carrying it on stream. So, uh, Oh, you're, you might go to that? I might go. It, it, it all depends. Um, I, I'm probably going to submit for my credential today, so... We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they if they lock me out. Are you going to ask a question if you go? <sighs> to the players, probably. No, not to the players. To Chauncey, maybe. To not Chauncey. No, no. I listen. Neil and you don't I. Have, dive, you don't want to dive into those waters. No, Neil and I have talked a few times, and that's it's it's enough for me. We'll leave it there. It's oh, it's has a, he had something to say about some stuff? We've had a few discussions, okay? Come on, man. <laughs> Just share the dirt. Like, you, he ain't coming over for a barbecue. Who cares? I'll tell you right now, I've never talked to the dude. And honestly, he would probably give me the, I've never heard of you, but yeah. I, know that, I know that guy knows. Yeah, no, and that's, that, like, th- when I got the job at NBC, there were people who had objections to it. So what did you do prior to NBC that that got somebody to say, I don't want that particular person? Blazers I mean, I, know, I well, I, yeah, I know you were. Yeah. But did you like. So he got that offended by some opinion pieces on Blazers Edge. Yikes. Yeah. That was the uh, that was the world that I that I stumbled into on day one. So good times. That's how you Welcome. want to start out your professional media career. Yeah, they don't want you here. Welcome to the show, kid. <laughs> so, uh, good times. <laughs> Avoiding questions like Neil Olshay. Hey, you know what? <laughs> you know, I learned from the master. I got to bifurcate my processes. Okay. Um, I'm, lo- I, I'm looking forward to it, though. It is their first presser. Yeah. I am. I'm. I'm really just looking forward to hearing. No, no matter what he ends up saying, and. Yeah, we kind of have a general idea of where he's probably going to go. I'm just generally curious to hear what the questions are regarding roster building this summer, moves, no moves. Like, I I just, I'm fascinated at what he is going to say. I have an idea, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be right. So I just, I can't wait to hear what he has to say. I'm always surprised the way he, the way he spins certain things. Like, I have a pretty good idea of how things are going to go. 
I usually end up getting about 80, 85% of it right. But every now and then he'll take something way further out. The uh, mm-hmm. uh, throwing Terry under the bus, backing over him, and then, you know, you know, dropping gears over the dead body was like, like I expected a, a little bit, but not, yeah. not in the fashion that he did it. Uh, that, that definitely caught me off. Dan needs a water ball. Yeah. Uh, like my signal. But, but I feel like though that particular press conference, I think because of how uh, sudden the season ended. And I think also, I think what he may or may not ever admit is, I do genuinely believe he was he was stunned that they lost that series. Not only just lost the series, they lost it in six. Embarrassing fashion. And his guy had a really bad performance, and Nurkic kept fouling. You know what I mean? Like, I, I felt like that one series, we all reacted properly, and I think it really floored him to watch the team and the core he believes in not even be get able boat to, raced. to get boat raced yeah. by that team without their star player. So I think it was partially that. And he didn't really want to do that, you know, that press conference, but he did it. And then some of the questions started coming in. And even when they just needled a little bit, I think he started to let it get his blood boiling. Oh, no, he, he got visibly frustrated multiple times. Right. And I think that's what we saw. That's why you saw the Terry thing. And, like, maybe normally he wouldn't have completely thrown him under. But in that moment, it pissed him off so bad. So, you know, that was not a great moment. The Chauncey presser wasn't a great moment. I'm Dude. just I'm curious to see how this goes. And that's the thing is that, Neil irritates me for the way he does things, but on the flip side of it, I know why he does it certain ways. Like controlling the media narrative is easy to do in this market. It, sure. it, it just is. There's there's only so many people. There's there's not a dedicated beat reporter for the TV network that's there now. Um, obviously, with NBC, you know, going away, you, that's what more, less people that are going to be on that beat. That's less questions in that room. So that's going to be a little bit interesting, at least as far as how that's going to go. Um, I, I know a couple people that are going to be there that have some questions prepared in, in certain fashions uh, as far as like what they're you know going to ask. I don't, not that I don't care. Uh, it's that more or less, I don't really care what he has to say in that setting. Mm. Does that make sense? Uh, no. Like if I, I, like if I got I him to the side of the back, well, I mean, like for me, if I got him in the hallway and he, okay. he was going to no BS me, then I'd probably be interested in, in what he had to say. Cause you and I have talked about this offline. I don't necessarily, not even necessarily. I don't really want to be a part of the reporter world. I don't want to break stories. That's not, that's not how I want to do things. I want to have information so that when I'm talking about things, I have a better understanding. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. So in, in that respect, that, and to be honest, I probably am not, quali- not necessarily qualified, but I, I probably wouldn't be asking the best questions. Well, I'm also not going to act like I've seen those press conferences in the middle of when everybody should be asking on the same thing to keep the narrative and the questioning going. Yeah. They go, uh, Neil, could could, could you walk us through defensively how uh, – and it's like, that's the question you're going to ask? Like, I'm not going to name names, but yeah, I, there's just certain people that that's – they don't want to – they're not there to cause waves because whether it's right or not, it's such a small town that it's like, I think they should be treating the media a lot better, but they can treat the media how they want, and it ultimately it, there's no – 
Because nobody's punching down. In no, there's no, no. So like, yeah, I think there's some good people that go to those and ask good questions. I also think there's a couple of them that you're kind of like, are you, are you at the same press conference as me? You just gotta and look, that's why, that's why I don't go what? either. I, I, I just, if he wanted to do a radio interview, bro, like the invite has always been there. We've tried for years. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a lack of not wanting to talk. I just, I, I'm one that I'd rather converse and ask my own questions and, instead of like doing one question in a setting where it's a controlled four, environment. It's a controlled environment. There's four different directions that these people in this room might go other than one I want to go to. So I just, I, I, and I also don't write, I'm not there to get audio. Like it's just not my, my, my uh, gig. Yeah. For me, I, when talking about the, the whole idea of, like asking questions. If I'm going to go to one of these and ask questions, the person I probably want to talk to is going to be more often than not the coach to understand like framing of things, but more specifically the players. Hey, what happened here and why? Like that to me is infinitely more important throughout a season than a lot of the higher level stuff. Sure. Cause like how many times have we heard over the years Hey, you know, there was this play in the third quarter. This happened. Unless it was like a fight or a pivotal moment, you don't really get that minutia. But every now and then we get these, and not even just with the Blazers, just nationally in coverage. Have you ever seen one of those clips that ended up going viral and all the comments are like, man, I wish we got more questions like this. And it's like, you, you all know you can ask these kind of questions regularly, right? That's, that's allowed. <laughs> but we're so conditioned to just try to get through the same thing over and over again that I think that gets thrown under the bus pretty regularly. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. There's a lot of, there's a lot of avenues, the media, uh, for, for good and bad, like they, they miss them. And it is, it is what it is. There's only a handful of those people able to ask those questions anyway. I just, I'm, I also think this year's interesting from the, just looking at the media part of this. Um, will they be allowed in locker rooms? Is the NBA going to go NHL? And if you're vaccinated, you can the go NHL has been great in this regard. Right. They've like been I, they proactive. did way more than I thought they were going to do. I see. This is what I'm wondering. I'm wondering to see what the NBA decides to do with this. Not to say they're canceling locker room interviews forever, but the zoom thing, it worked and yeah. it, it, it satisfies the obligation. And there's a lot of nights that there doesn't, those people don't want to do the obligation. So you get the media in it's, you know, I, Damian Lillard, I walk in the locker room all the time and you got guys in towels and Dame's changing and putting lotion on. And we're all like, bro, when Dame comes out of the shower, it, you know, if, if this is, well, I guess you can't see it, but like everybody just starts hoarding like this, oh, like, yeah. you know, floating towards his locker because everybody's got the camera and everybody wants to record her. And, you know, sometimes you're like leaning on people and you just feel like you're rude, but everybody kind of knows it's the situation. The zoom thing has none of that. And it's like, no, Dame can but again, that's that controlled wants. environment again, where a lot of the stuff and, and, and guys like Quick and Richmond who, who have been on the beat for a long time, and James, they'll, they'll tell you the same thing. Most of what they get is not in those scrums. And, and no, you, you I, know, I, I, I know it's 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 the sidling. It's the yeah. hey, how's things going? It's the texting. Like no cameras doubt. are off, recorders yes. are off, and you're building but, those relationships. But as you know. There's a lot of people, you know, if, if Quick is after a Dame story, you can you can tell. Oh, you 100% know what, that Quick is what he's writing. If Quick is after um, 
a Rocco story you're going to tell because even though you don't get anything from the group setting, man, I, I've walked past a Jason Quick and heard him ask a question to a Myers or something in the past and get a great answer that he ends up using for a really good piece. Mm-hmm. So yes and no. In the major groupings, yeah, you don't get much. You get fluff yeah. unless you get like LeBron randomly wanting to speak his mind on something. But it's more the once they do the one-on-ones, once they just kind of – that that's what that environment is yep. for. And if you eliminate it for Zoom, there's it's going to be tough for a lot of reporters who aren't able to build rapport. There are beat, porter, beat reporters, Danny, who have been on the beat and haven't been able to go interact with players face-to-face. For yet. two years. For two years. Like, that matters too. So yeah. those people's livelihood is on the line of how sourced are you? It's like, well, how sourced can I possibly be? I can't. I can't get within six I, I can't. Anybody. Yeah, I can't. Literally, can't go in the locker room. And if yeah. I get, and heaven forbid, you went near a player last year, like it just it wasn't right. It wasn't allowed. Like two years ago, I'm down on the floor, like everybody, you know, everybody else in the media pregame, talking to guys. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? How you feeling? Da da da. da. You know, same old, same old. Just chatting guys up, and that's from the assistant coaches up to the players and executives. Like that's just, and you've, you've done this for years for anybody else who's, who wasn't, you know, familiar with this media gets in there at normal tips at seven. We're in there at three 30, four o'clock, you know, and you, you get in there and it's like, it's like high school, right? Like it, you have like these the groups of people like in the media room that eat together before every game you know, you, you, the, the you, beat guys normally eat with only the beat guys. They yeah. also sit together to watch Dame and the Blazers shoot. And I always, I, I have good relationships with like Richmond and Freeman mm-hmm. and quick when they all were like covering the, the Blazers on the beat. But it always felt like, even though they liked me, I wasn't allowed to sit with them pregame and they'd just be right there. They're a little three foursome and hold all would come over too. And like, I'm cool with all these people, yeah. but I always felt like way uh, way out of the click. Like it was very clickish, and I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna go bother. I'll just talk to those guys individually when I see them." See, that's the difference between you and me. I went in just like forcibly put myself in those situations. Yeah, I, you got to read the vibe, and you know, no, I, I, not for me. I, 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 I just bulldoze my way in there like I do everything. Well, I like to be liked, so I'm sorry. <laughs> see, that's what I said. Like you're a lot more likable than I am. That's you. You, you just didn't understand that. I just, I, I, I. Just don't care in that regard. I just so Monday is important. Point of this whole rambling Rant. was yeah. Monday is important, and to see kind of what it does for set the tone. Um, I can't wait for hiking questions for Olshay. Listen, I'm I'm sure Sean Gunderson, Richmond, uh, Quick. I, yeah, remember nobody, nobody from the organization has been available since the the Chauncey presser. There's a lot of questions to be asked. I, I would expect a lot of. Well, Dame, Dame had uh, Dame had the USA, but that's not the, that's not the Blazers organization. That's Team USA. Oh my my laptop's gonna die. Hold on, I gotta charge it. <laughs> you gotta love it, right? Um, I saw a few thing in here. They're just cliches, anyways. Yeah, they are. Simmons to Portland confirmed. I man, I don't know. We'll, we'll get into the Simmons stuff here in a little bit, but I just. Eh, and that's not me. Don't don't get twisted. I I want Ben here. Let me like, like don't don't think I'm trying to split anything here. I just don't believe the Blazers are that locked in on him. That's for sure. Um, Shelby Arm Blazers went twenty and sixteen home last year. Is there a universe where just 
having fans back will help this team elevate in the standings. Just being normal may help this team a bit. No, no, no isn't the question mark. Um, I think there's an opportunity for that. And here's the thing. I, I think when we talk about not just the Blazers, but um, winning in general and records, Brandon, everybody wants to go, well, if this, then that, like if everything else is going to stay static. And if we just, we just do this, then things will go up. They'll win more. They'll do this. And everything else holds true. And that's never the case. Nothing is ever static. And that's why the whole, well, they did this last year or the starting lineup had the fifth highest net rating, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, cool, but that's also a really small sample size in a COVID year. I don't know how much you can really put into that stock. You can take what you have and and try to build off of it. But overall, Portland has had, and if you want to talk about like larger sample sizes, Portland's had one of the better home records throughout their entire existence as a franchise. So if people are getting back in there at full capacity and things are comfortable again, yeah, I would expect that the Blazers are a better home team this next year, right? You know, I I think the... It's, it's, it's a good question because it's something I was recently thinking about. I was reading a thing. Did, have you, I know we'll get to Carlton Towns in Minnesota. Did you see this stat? I don't know if you saw the stat. Do you know the Minnesota Timberwolves have never finished above 500 against the spread? They haven't done that since 2003. So since Kevin Garnett and a few years. Do you, do you know how bad you have to be as a team to be below 500 every single year in gambling like that? You you have to be truly, truly awful. They're just that all over the place. Said, that being said, one of the reasons I was reading is, you, you notice I've noticed in tre- uh, the trend in college football, aside from it being a little chaotic, there's an adjustment that you're seeing with players in college football, I believe, playing in front of fans. I think there is an element of we haven't done it in a minute. And I'm not saying NBA players – are going to be college guys, but it's something I was thinking about is what's the impact going to be in Utah, in Denver, uh, now that they like their team, Portland, uh, you know, you name it. Well, Denver's crowd kind of sucks, let's be honest. Well, you know, playing at Mile High has always been their their advantage. Right, it's not the crowd. But these places that do – Toronto is a good one. They're yeah. dating playing Toronto. The Knicks fans, like having these people back, and we got them at the end of the postseason. And the players all said the same thing, that they felt it. Right, but imagine now every it's going to be full capacity. It's no longer like some places. Well, except for New Orleans. 20%. They just don't show up for fans. Uh, well, they need to be in Seattle. But that being said, uh, I think that's a part of this, and I think it's going to matter for some teams. Here's the other thing that I, it doesn't get tossed around a ton. Go look at the shooting splits in the bubble in Florida. Everybody shot the lights out. You know why? Consistent backdrops. Like, there's actual science behind it. It was the same gym. Oh, yeah, the sight line is a real thing. That's yeah. why college basketball players suck when they play national championships in football stadiums. The because sight lines it, fuck the, them up. The, your yeah. depth perception goes to hell. Yep. Um, and that, that does happen in NBA arenas, too, where if they had, like, a black mat behind it like they did in the bubble, all of a sudden it's like playing it, you know, the, the blackout runs. You know, they, you've, you've, everything is consistent. You don't have anything interrupting or disrupting it. And that's why you saw t- guys, just everyone shot the living hell out of the ball in the bubble. And I was like, is it because there's no travel? And they're like, well, that probably plays a part in this. Like, everybody's more well-rested. Everybody's on the same rhythm, all that kind of stuff. And they started doing, it, doing some, some research behind it. And it was like, oh, yeah, no, the sight lines and the backdrops and the consistency made a big difference. So you had guys who were, you know, career 35% three-point shooters shooting 42, 43, 44%. And you're like, why is everybody hot right now? So I think right. that's going to be an adjustment. And what's going to be weird is these these young guys that have been in the league for two years, right? 
that have uh-huh. never really, really had fans, had to really travel, um, how impactful it's going to be. And those guys who got drafted two years ago have never played an 82-game season. That's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. That's going to be big. Oh, you man, what, 60, feel that. 66 games and 72 games. You get another 10 games on top of that. Like, yeah. It's like building towards it. Like you're hitting your junior year and like, okay, now you're, now you're ready to play a full 82. But that's going to be another thing because you're throwing more games in in a, in a tighter span. I, I, I wonder how impactful that's going to be um, when it all kind of comes together. Das says, is Sprague betting against every Timberwolves line this year now? I mean, I don't know. Based on the fact that they're going to lose Carl Anthony Towns in two months, yeah, I think you have to. You know what? Let's, let's get into that now. Uh, we've got some some big NBA news. We'll circle back to the Blazers here in a minute. Um, the Timberwolves fired their president in Gerson Rojas. Like, Where did that come from? I had heard things that weren't great, but... but- Firing and a, a GM like and here's the thing: camp? it wasn't a mutually agreed uh, parting of ways. There's a reason why I quote tweeted the Woj tweet because the 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 word they used was dismissed. Dismissed is not good terms. Yeah, did he? Well, I'm okay. I'm not going to speculate. We, we can't speculate. Awful stuff. Yeah, but that's the thing. Something clearly went down, and we're either never finding out about it or. We're going to get a great juicy story. I I have heard some things that are unsavory. I'll I'll leave it at that for now because I haven't been able to confirm it yet. But yeah, it's it's not good um, when your star player tweets out moments later. WTF, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, things are not well. Now I'm prone to believe that there's probably something akin here tied to Ben Simmons. Rosas was obviously the assistant GM in Houston underneath Daryl Morey. Um, and what, what side of that that he falls on or fell on, um, probably up for debate. But um, I would say that there's probably something there. Because I've seen a lot of people say, well, the new ownership's coming in place. The new ownership isn't taking hold until 23-24. So. So, uh, how, okay. Let's, let's try to, let's, let's, um. Let's map this out. Do you think that this is Ben Simmons related? Uh, probably 65% positive that, that there's a, Ben Simmons is playing a role in this. So, okay. In what way, though? Like, hey, how dare you try to trade for Ben Simmons? Or, oh my gosh, why didn't you get Ben Simmons? I think it was he wouldn't do it. Mm. Or they were trying to work something behind the scenes. What were they giving up if they if they were firmly in the we're not giving up Russell Edwards and Towns? Who on that team is worth it for Philly? Nobody. I think what ultimately what it was is that Rosas what didn't want to give up one of those guys and ownership was more invested in it, or it's the mm. other way around. I'm just not sure. I don't have right. a ton of great connections in Minnesota, so um, how dare you? Yeah, I know. I <laughs> the, that's bad reporting, right? I, that's, that's that's how it goes. <laughs> that's how that's why I get fired. Um, this from Nibble, you, you would think they would have given Cat a heads up, which is a pretty astute observation because that lets you know right there that this was not something that was planned. No, no, no. This, uh, it sounds like somebody got caught in something and it was like, well, you're gone. Bye. Peace. See you later. Yeah. And so my phone blew up cause every, you know, again, NBA media is like high school. Um, and the rumor mill behind the scenes goes nuts. Anytime something like this happens. Hey, what do you know? Hey, what do you know? Hey, what do you know? And it turned into, uh, <laughs> you know, like 
Uh, a, a lot of people heard a lot of things, but it didn't make any sense. That's for sure. Uh, what this means for the Timberwolves going forward, though, I don't know, man. That's it. it it's very Timberwolvesy, right? I would imagine Cat is going to be out there in a year. Within a year from right now, when we tape up this podcast, I don't think he's going to be a Timberwolf. Do you think he makes it past the trade deadline? It depends how he takes this general manager thing. It, it it really does hinge to me on, like, why was he fired versus, like, the owner didn't want something or did want something. When we figure that out, I think it that, that will matter. Yeah. Yes. And if he was trying to make the team better and they were pissed off and something went down – then yeah, I don't know if he makes it past the deadline. I'm surprised he's still not asked for a request today. Tweeting out WTF when somebody's fired like that, it's it's a very, very poor representation of your organization. Speaking of poor representations of your organization, sending out Doc Rivers to apologize for dogpiling on Ben Simmons, I don't know, three months later? Seems like a, 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 a poor way to represent your organization, no? How do you, how do you try to tell us you said something different than what we watched what we you all say. say. We, we watched you say you weren't sure that you could win a championship with Ben Simmons. We we basically watched you call him out for his bad play against Atlanta. Like, do you think we didn't watch television? I. It's very weird to me how we're getting away with such awful lying right it's now. Just, you you had society him in general, but it's like, they, they both threw him under the bus, which is fine, but don't come back... Three, four months later, be like, I didn't say that thing you saw me yeah, say. Yeah, and it's like, no, 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 no. And and here's the thing. I thought you bet. I thought, honestly, I should have retweeted you. I just, I'm, you know how I am. I'm lazy sometimes. I thought you had the best point. Who was that for? Who's that, that apology that, for? Who that is doesn't that? help Ben Simmons at all. Ben no. Simmons doesn't care about that interview. And it doesn't help the, the 76ers because now it looks like they're just trying to do damage control three months too late. That's exactly what it was. And it, it look, this is a whole other thing that's part of this topic. I think Daryl Morey is a good general manager. Mm-hmm. Should, I should preface it by saying that. I think his media relationships have absolutely helped his reputation in a lot of situations he's more likeable. so than his performance. His, he's well, likable. He's very likable. But we almost anoint this dude as the best general manager in basketball. He's won zero championships. He's Failed to get to a because he's orchestrated some incredible trades. Well, absolutely, but you know what he also does? He also never allows things to build, or he he never takes into account the chemistry or the repercussions of said trade. Yeah. He he thought Chris Paul, James Harden were going to be great. They played well together. They didn't fit personality wise. No. Then he brings in Russ, which we're all kind of like, do you think you're going to win a title that way? I was interested and I had fun watching it. Dwight Howard, like he just. There's a part of me that it's I, – I know he's – He definitely likes to have guys that are uh, divisive in the locker room. Uh, th- I'll say that. Yeah, he just doesn't care about the things that I think you should care about for a basketball team. There is a medium between Neil O'Shea and Daryl Morey, and whoever that person is, it's probably Masai, but they're they're the perfect general manager for – Masai, Presti, those, those guys, R.C. Buford, guys that work in the background. I think that Got- – yeah, I, I mean, I think those are probably your, your, the three best in the league right now. I don't, I don't think you're going to get a ton of argument back and forth on those, do you? What about Miami? Yeah, but that's also a team. Yeah, 
because it's kind of like a Riley Spoke combo. Yeah, and then you've got the actual general manager. I can never remember his name because you never actually hear his name come up. God damn. I didn't even know they had an actual oh, general yeah. manager. Yeah. No, uh, Riles is the president, president or, or VP of the team. Like he's not. Does he have like a partial ownership stake yes, now too? He does. Yeah. 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 So, um, the I slept last. I slept fine last night. Would have pissed me off so much if I was Simmons. Yeah. Like it. That whole thing from Doc was just a disaster. I, I, I sat there and I watched it. I was like, who is this for? Like Ben, Ben didn't just scorch the earth. He scorched the earth, went back to the bridge, found the powder that he burned the bridge with. And like, I don't, I don't know, man, used it to like light his hookah. Like it was just everything. He game, he game of Thrones dragon the city. Bro. Oh dude. And that, that's the thing of any city out there. And you'd be like, I'm not going back to that place. Did you see the Missinelli clip? Oh, I did see the Missinelli clip. Yeah. The Philadelphia News, the, the I think it was a Fox affiliate, showed a video clip of Ben Simmons leaving town, and they showed a dumpster floating down the river. That was I, before I, Ben Simmons made that comment. I don't know what move Daryl makes here. Like, he's just going to have to say he's to I'm eat not. It. He is going to have to eat it. It doesn't make any sense to keep him. It's over. This relationship is done. We've seen this play out in the league. Maybe he has a vendetta, but this I just don't – I can't buy that this is going to work. He has to trade him. But here's the thing. Yeah. Go through the line. Lakeup just got fined for saying we're not trading for Ben Simmons. Well, not, not only are we not trading for Ben Simmons, like we don't want him. We He can't play in the fourth quarter. We're not sure about that. So, like, the Warriors, they're out. The Timberwolves, they don't want to give up their young assets. Like, who do you give? I'm throwing them out. Uh, San Antonio. Who on San Antonio is honestly making Philadelphia title contender? DeJounte Murray. Come on, man. That, Murray and White that. is probably a, a decent offer. We're not buying that, though, as a legit, no. like, oh, that's a title move. No. Okay. So maybe San, like, he's, he doesn't Right now, CJ McCollum is the best player they can get for him. But that's not happening. Neil's no. not making that move. It's I don't not think a Portland, so It's not a Portland topic anymore. It is a everybody else, but I don't know who those other people are. And this thing is, I've seen people, well, Philly's got all the power here. They can just, here's the thing. It's a distressed asset. And it's not like they can just wait this out because what they're going to run into, they're in Joel Embiid's prime years. You can't waste this season. So this, this line that they're walking is... Okay, we need to get as much as we can for Ben Simmons, which realistically should be a lot. Everybody wants the ball. Oh, he won't finish, and he doesn't. Do ben Simmons is the best defensive player in the NBA, and this is what I keep trying to emphasize to people. He doesn't try hard. He's not dedicated, and he's still the best damn defender in the NBA. Imagine, imagine, allow yourself to dream if he pulls his head out of his ass. What do you think that player is? Well, I, I'll push back just on what you just said there. I doesn't try. I feel like that happened in the postseason. Once he kind of got into his own head, I feel like that was the point. But he was a defensive. He was the defensive player of the year, in my opinion. He last was, year. and he he clamped the living hell out of Trey. Everybody wants to talk about oh Trey this and Trey that. When Ben Simmons was on Trey, Trey shot thirty seven percent in the series. Well, and you pointed to what their three point percentage numbers were with Ben on the floor, yeah. not like. To act like they weren't really good last year 
or to even, and I'm not taking a shot at you, but that's a narrative like that he didn't try last year. He tried. He played really well. They I don't think, really he, I, I think he tries. And when I say try, it's like the proverbial try. It's the whole idea of like the necessary work to get to the next level because sure. he's just so talented. That's his critique, right? Is yes. he doesn't put in the work that, and, and that's a problem. That's an absolute problem that I totally understand with Blazer fans and how they feel about that. But he's also in. that dude already. He's already the best defender in the league. He's but one of the, the five best passers yeah. and creators in the league. He's an incredible finisher. Like we, we, we're so quick to dismiss these things. Just be like, decide one way or the other. And it's like, guys, he's still a three-time all-star. And it wasn't like he was voted in by the fans. He was voted in by the coaches. He's also an All-NBA guy. He should have been Defensive Player of the Year. He, he. Um, I just think sometimes guys in cities don't mesh, yeah. and when they when they go somewhere else, they get a chance to flourish. And I, I think it's a perfect example of it. Um, I saw something in here. There was something about Powell. We, we've we've kind of addressed it before, but it's, it's always a fair one to get in here. Uh, Joey asks, "What do y'all think about Powell coming off the bench and having Nance slide into the uh, starting lineup?" Dame, CJ, Nance, Roko, Nerf. We've we, we've hit this before. Uh, Powell got paid. CJ got paid. Neither one of those guys is coming off the bench. It it will be five years before either of those guys come off the bench. That's just the pecking order of the NBA. That and neither Nance nor uh, Rocco are small forwards. They're both four fives. So that's that's the kind of thing there. Do you have anything else on that one? No, I, we, we talked about that uh, uh, two episodes ago. Yep. I, he's got paid too much money, and there's a lot of ego in pro basketball. He wants to start. That's, that's kind of how this goes. And that's the reason why we can circle back to the Blazers on this, in that training camp's coming up, and they're, they've brought in dudes. Like, this is the most competitive training camp I've ever seen. They've got technically two spots, but they're really only going to use one right now. But you've got Quinn Cook, who's got championship experience. You've got Dennis Smith Jr., who's a former uh, lottery pick. Marquise Chris, who's a former lottery pick. Like they're bringing in guys who they're going to fight tooth and nail for that final spot. Yeah, I I like this, right? Oh, I, like, mean, I, I I don't, you know, just to get guys ready and get them that experience. Like, yeah, I, I, why is it a bad thing to bring in a Quinn Cook who? You know, say what he's been the last two years, but like that's a dude that was, you know, he's on Lakers, the Warriors a few times. Like he's got some experience that's valuable, and I, I think it's always a good thing to bring in competition like that. I, I would rather them do the Michael Jordan, like kick each other's ass, and then when you go play the games, man, you, you know, you're battle tested for each other because you went through that. It stuff makes sense. It's easier. Camp. Yes. This is gonna sound really corny. I, I, I had a, uh, a football coach who said, "Practice so hard, the games seem easy." Yep. And I think that's kind of what they're they're looking to do here. Um, obviously, with the COVID stuff slowly regressing at least a little bit, you see the team bonding stuff that they, they used to do in the past. Um, Dame used to take him to San Diego for the workouts this year. They get you know the football camp and get everybody. This is optional right now that everybody's in town and everybody is in town, which is insane to think about. Like every, every like Nurk came back from Bosnia. Everybody came back from their vacations or their you know whatever they're living in the off season, and they're getting after it. Like I, I, I am, I am happy to see that. Well, the other thing too, that struck me is when they signed Quinn cook, it wasn't like I was doing cartwheels, but I'm like, okay, that'll be interesting for camp. Mm -hmm. The one thing that struck me too, is this is, this is the first Chauncey difference, right? This is a Chauncey thing. Chauncey has made it clear. He, and we'll see how this plays out, but he says, if you don't give the effort, you're playing time. I'm going to chew you out. Like he said that multiple times to where, all right, we're going to see how that plays out in the season. I think this is a start of it, though. I think this is a the training. He ground. knows he knows what it was like 
to play with Detroit that year they won the title and the next year that they almost won, they kicked each other's ass. They talked a lot of S in practice with mm-hmm. Rashid and Ben. Like he, that's his experience. That's what he's bringing to the table. This is a Chauncey Billups thing. I, I think this is more Chauncey, more so even than Neil. I think this is kind of a, hey, go give me some guys. And whether they make give it or not, dudes. it doesn't matter. Yes. Like I, I want some guys that are going to compete because DSJ, Chris, Cook, they don't land here. They're looking for jobs. And guess what DSJ and Quinn Cook are going to do in a practice? Not a game, but practice. They are going to compete. They're going to compete and bust Damon CJ's ass in practice. They're going to take that personal. That's their MO. That's how you get a roster yeah. spot. So I, I think it just it, it gets the juices flowing even more a little earlier. I'm genuinely excited about it, which as far as like training camp is concerned, uh, training camp, for those that don't know, is going to start up here on Monday. Uh, or excuse me, not Monday, uh, 28th. So was that Wednesday? Yeah. Tuesday or Wednesday. God. It's, Six days from right now. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, because Monday's media day. Monday's media day, yeah. And then, yes, and then the following Saturday is Fan Fest, which um, should be fun. Uh, we had Obviously, we had Greg Brown on the, on the pod yesterday, and uh, I didn't warn him. I, I'm debating texting him and, and warning him about what happens at halftime. <laughs> no, you can't do that. That's part of the initiation. Let, let him know. Hey, Greg, it's time to dance. Yeah. It's time to come do something stupid. Come, come on, on down. Let's go. Let's go. It's going to go all over Bleacher Report. Two years ago, we had Moses Brown when we were at Memorial Coliseum. And he got up there and sang. Yeah. And that was wonderful. Absolute pure joy. Pure, unadulterated joy. Uh, I love talent shows. They are great. Like, nothing like getting rookies up there to just act a fool and, and get comfortable. Uh, let's re-ask, which of the training camp guys do you currently like the best? Who do you like? Oh, man. Like guys that might not make the team? I mean, who, who do you think is going to make the team from, from this group now? Does Quinn Cook getting added here, does that, does that change your mind at all? No, I don't think Quinn Cook makes it. it. Quinn Cook doesn't make sense to make it. I thought it a little. I found it a little bit surprising that they brought in another guard. I wasn't stunned. I, I, I just, I viewed it in exactly what we said. I think it was a competitive move. Um, I, I, I think it was more of a competitive move. I think that's what it was about. It wasn't about the season. It wasn't about being a 15th man. It was but setting the tone. Yeah. It's yeah. It's about, okay. We're not effing around this year. Like Quinn cook won a championship. He's won multiple championships. We want to be a championship contender. Here we go. He's going to try to bust you. Yeah. That's, I think that's good. As far as like, what to expect and what we're looking at. Somebody asked, uh, Lesser asked, is FanFest being streamed? I don't know. To be honest, uh, I oh. I don't think in the past they have, have they? And Roots, Roots still hasn't gotten a deal with YouTube TV yet, have they? No, it's, just, uh, just Fubo. Fubo. Yeah. So in that respect, um, I, I don't well, know. I'm, I'm going through it right now. Trenton Wofford's not going to make it. Well, he's, he's on the two-way. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so. So he'll be, he'll be there all season. I don't even see where there's a spot for Quinn Cook. I'm going through the roster right now. I don't see it. Well, it would be it would be between him and, and Dennis Smith Jr. As far as the guards are concerned, I'm yeah, still leaning I, towards I, Chris because I, they have so many guys with injury histories in the front court. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, I find those interesting. Those uh, last couple spots on roster are very interesting because they're normally not guys you ever see play, but it it, it matters. Well, here's you know, the it thing: like up, it ends up mattering at some point. Even though it's the 14th spot, they're going to be ahead of Ellaby and anybody else. You know, at the back end, like this is, this is more like the 12th spot. Like 
if somebody gets in foul trouble or if somebody picks up a foul somebody or an injury or an yeah. injury or something like that yeah, yeah. they could see minutes and i think you could you're you're most likely um culprits in that regard or your front court going down right yeah so i, I tend to lean towards that uh your mom which is great. Thank you for that. Uh, your mom asks, what will the attendance requirements look like, I wonder, for the upcoming season? Uh, you need to have proof of your COVID vaccine or testing positive twice, I believe. Oh, I don't know if it's twice is or it, once. Is it twi- that might be that I might thought it be was once arena. 72 hours once away, 72? I, maybe I'm wrong. No, I think you're right. I think there was another arena, another city that had twice in 72 hours or something like that. Um which, by the way, that that rule itself, I know Portland's obviously drastically different in the fan bases. Mm. Uh, Oregon State, I guess, is not selling tickets. Like nobody's going to these games because their fan base doesn't want to go with either of those uh, mandates. Yeah. So I'm, I, I think it's gonna be a little different in Portland than Corvallis, but I'm I'm genuinely kind of curious to see how close to capacity they get. I'd imagine it's not very hard to find twenty thousand people. I have a reeling suspicion that people are are gonna go. I'm trying to go game one. I, I will be there. Well, you're going as media, though, because yeah. you're a reporter. <laughs> you're an ass. Who are you going to be sitting next to? You're going to be sitting next to reporters, aren't you? Uh, probably. I'll be sitting with the people drinking beer. Well, I mean, and I'll, just be like, hey, I'll do reporting. that, too, but I'll just have my, my pass in my pocket. Maybe I'll bring a recorder and we'll drunk. I'll drunkenly do a podcast with you in the that's, stands. That's how we should. You know what? We should, we should do a, a live show from the stands. Like a quick 30-minute... I'm probably going to be drunk while I'm talking, but like our just general thoughts of what we saw against the Kings. Yeah. We'll, we'll do like a man on the street thing. We'll just like pull people in because that never backfires. Okay. Let me ask you, would you rather have Smith or cook? Cause I'm now I've been looking at their stats and I'm not sure who I pick here. Cook's the better shooter. Right. A little bit more under controlled. Smith's probably the better defender, the more aggressive guy. I feel and... like Quinn is a little more reliable. Like, you know, he's not going to create or do that. that and kind he's, of play and he's from a he's he's to be honest cook cooks more of like a one two than a, a pure one he's got a little cj in him yeah and i think we look at this and go uh you know it's another point guard and i just i'm not sure if that's necessarily the case i think smith jr is more point guardy i think he's a bit more aggressive defensively athletically um he's lost a step but he's he's still working his way there so uh, here we go. Nibble has it from Mark G. Spears. Trailblazers Rose Quarter War requiring all guests age 12 and up attending any event in the Rose Quarter, including Winter Hawks games, to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or provide proof of a negative COVID-19 PCR test within 72 hours of the event. There you go. And this is why I got vaccinated, so I can just go to the damn games. <laughs> I my, my stance has always been, feel how you feel. But if somebody says, hey, why'd you get vaccinated? I go, you know what? Let's just all do it, and if it goes bad, we all going bad together. You know what I mean? Party is over. I'm I'm, I'm wondering if my wife is going to grab my dog and keep her from barking at any point in time. So that's the that's the good stuff. Normally she's she's pretty good, um, but well, uh, she's, you know she's what? Not happy right now. Cherish it. I don't have that problem anymore. Oh, oh, that's right, dude. That's a downer. Come on, man. Three three weeks today. Actually, has it been three weeks already? Yeah, hour and a half ago. Three weeks ago today. I'm sorry, man. For those who don't hey. know, Sprague, Sprague lost a longtime family dog. And I sucks. also feel like I feel like losing a pet is underrated in the grief scale. Like, I feel like I lost my dog three weeks ago and I'm still hurt by it. But everybody else is kind of just like my kids have moved on. Mm. Oh, dude, 
I think like people think you should be over it by three weeks. And it's like, I'm still sitting, I still go on my walk that I used to walk with her. And I'm like, I still think about her. Yeah. No, oh, dude, no, no, no. And this is going to be a major downer part of the podcast, but uh, it took me six months to get over mine. Like that dog was with me every day for 15 years. Yeah. This was my first dog, dog. Yeah. Like, you know, I had her for 14 years. Yeah. No, my, like, Never, 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 never fun. And hey, man, I, I, I hope you, you get well with that. So, um, because that sucks. It does. And yeah, it she does just, suck. But to, to your dog barking problem, I can't, you can hear it, but it's not, it's not it, that bad. So it's still like we've lived here for six months now. Actually, yeah, six months. I've been married a year and six days, which is insane to think about. Hey, congratulations. Uh, hey, the right? first year is the hardest. Is it? Because it's been pretty, what, I mean, mine's been pretty easy, what, you know, just a new house, COVID, wildfires, you know, very run-of-the-mill normal <laughs> stuff in your first year of marriage. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, like the house is, it's, it's like a, it's a farmhouse and then like, we don't have a ton of furniture in here yet. So every time she barks or anytime there's a, any kind of noise in the house, it just like echo echoes like in yes. wood floors. So it just like ver- reverberates through everything. Oh so, yeah. Uh, Dimitri wants to know if it's possible to release Ellaby. Yeah. I mean they could but they won't because he's in a contract and it costs some money so but yeah i i feel like there's probably some buyer's remorse there i just he's i think he's gonna be in a suit a lot this year oh god yeah yeah and listen i'm not saying that as like a negative thing to him i hope he figures it out i just i have yet to summer league was rough for him man he he looked like um he looked like he shouldn't be there like and not in a good way I, i i i've used this term before and i don't mean it as a knock but the best comp I can think of, he kind of reminds me of Eric McCollum. If he goes plays overseas somewhere, mm. I could see him doing really well, but just not quite NBA yeah. level, you know? No, I mean, that, that makes sense. It's And that's uh, Pazonia. Pazonia is a god overseas right now. Yeah. Like, it's not, you, like, you could go overseas and, and, and get money and, and have all the fame and everything. It's not a bad thing. Like it's, right. It's, it's, a, it's a good place to be. Um, there was a couple of other questions that I wanted to get to in here. Uh, again, from your mom, uh, do you guys believe we improved defensively this year? Will it take a toll on our offense? What say you? So I, I think by the, the personnel, you would say yes to this. I am one that is a little more skeptical. I also think we assumed chance was this huge defensive guru and he's already basically alluded to the fact that he doesn't know defense. So he's going to be looking to Roy Rogers and Scott Brooks for help. Uh, the personnel could be better. I, I need to see it. I I'm one that I, I want to see. We've had it. too many years of cliches. Yes. We'll be better. I, this will be better. This. And it's like, ah, will you? Yeah. I mean, I thought the defense was going to be not that bad last year because of DJ and, and Rocco, I probably overestimated DJ's ability to stay on the floor, but still, I thought it was going to be better. It got worse. So I, I think naturally, my guess is that it is better, but I also would like to see it before feeling concrete about any of that. Yeah, and preseason is going to be really interesting because we're it's new system, new verbiage, uh, what how they're going to do things and what they might show. Last year, for those that aren't aware, they did a ton different. It just looked really bad. It looked yeah. really, really bad. Dame was gimpy. Nurk was out of shape. Uh, they were trying to be more aggressive, and uh, it was a disaster. And everybody's like, oh, they were running the same things. No, they weren't. They were trying to run everything 
a, a bunch of new coverages defensively, being more aggressive, playing above the level, helping from outside the nail. Like they were trying to do stuff, it was just a disaster, and so they just went back to the the nuts and bolts. I did see one writer from Rip City Project. Um, uh, uh, name is I'm blanking. Uh, any I'll, I'll think I'll look it up, mm. but suggest that this was the strongest bench since when. And that one kind of caught me off because I was like, I don't feel like the bench is that good. No. So I didn't really. It's more balanced than it has been in the past, perhaps. But yeah, on paper. But and here's the but you and I have talked about player evaluation a ton. What's the thing that I always say? What is it that you do that gets you on the floor? You look at that bench unit. They've got a guy who can score in Anthony Simons. They've got a utility guy in Larry Nance Jr. They've got a big who can do the screening, put back, you know, very complimentary big stuff in Zeller. Who's going to create? That's a like, million-dollar question. Like, CJ's going to be out there running that unit. Dame's probably going to get some stagger time in that unit. But you would like to see – that's where you want to see Ant step up. And that's I mean, where – should be. Yes. And that's where how – the thing how how they how they figured out the difference between um, those units and how they're going to run things is going to be really interesting. Stevie um, Stevie Cozians, uh, Co- Co- I hope I'm I butcher names. I'm I, sorry. I think it's cousins. Cousins, okay. I, I could be wow. wrong, but I, I thought so. Um, this is from we missed some shots. The Warriors won the championship the very year they switched to Steve Kerr as coach, which is a, a strong coincidence to introducing a third Hall of Famer into that. Uh, that same team, that same group, Luke Walton won 28 straight games with. Luke Walton's a great coach too, right? No? Okay. I think, I think uh, Mike Brown went undefeated as the head coach in Steve Kerr's absence yeah. too. It's it's personnel, guys. Like uh, This is not an argument I want to get, get into with this like every single time well, we talk about coaching changes. Look, I, I know we've gone long already, but I, I just want to throw out there, you know, I, I listen to some of the – look, when Zach Lowe talks, I like to listen to it. Yeah. And, Jackie Mullen. So they were on Simmons pod and they basically were running through the West and they picked their sleeper to win the West or whatever. And I thought, I thought Zach made a really good point of there's really good teams in theory, but the West could be as open as it's ever been. The Lakers are old, right? You can Kawhi's probably not playing this year. Yep. Jamal, we have no idea when he's coming. Probably back. like around Valentine's day. It's going to be a while. Utah got exposed for playing Gobert. Like Phoenix, is Chris Paul really going to be that good again? Are they, and the, are they going to be that healthy this season? Right. So I thought it was a really good point. It made me think a little bit. They went with like a Phoenix and a, a, a Luka, and I understand why. But, you know, Richmond said this to me years ago on my radio show, and, and it, shame on me for not thinking of it, but I thought it was a great point by him. I asked two years ago, I said, Mike, what do you think the long-term plan is here? CJ one more year and then they punt. What do they do? And he basically goes, Brandon, there's been zero indication he's willing to trade CJ. They're going to hope to be the Dallas Mavericks, that they just keep this together forever. And even when people question it, they keep it together. And there's one year where they're finally able to break through. And I'm not saying they're going to, but I thought it was a good point by Zach. And it makes me think a little bit of what can this team be if they stay healthy versus the rest of the Western Conference. I still don't think they had the top end talent to to genuinely be that, and that's the thing is like Dirk's a top twenty player of all time. I think that's what changes the everything around. So so is Jason Kidd. 
even though he was old. It's, he was still really good. Yeah, and I mean, there was, and you had Jet, and you had Tyson, Tyson. Chandler. Like, yeah. there's a Sean Marion. There's a lot of dudes on that team, and it's also an underrated squad. <laughs> also, Dirk had an NBA Finals run for the ages. Like, well, he, but they, one of the one of the best Finals runs we've ever seen. Don't you feel like we look back at that title collectively as a fan or as fans or media and mm-hmm. it kind of gets like it was Dirk and nobody else and you're like It does get talked about in that regards and it's like and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that Dirk was in god mode. He finals. was insanely hot. Yes. Like they, that that's I think what carries it. Um some uh the guy who asked the the question about the Warriors says what was the player change? It was the same roster. No it wasn't. D- Draymond Lee was injured to start the season and they put Draymond Green, the other Hall of Famer in that lineup. That's that's a significant significant difference. When did they get Iggy too? They the year before going into that season. Yeah, I mean they have Iggy's Huge probably he, Iggy's probably the 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 edge of Hall of Famers. Sean Livingston's one was one of the best role players. Andrew Bogut was still a fantastic player. Harrison Barnes was a rookie. Uh, Draymond Green came out of nowhere. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's it that, that team was disgusting. Um, Culture system is important. This is going to be a different basketball team. That's fine. They're, they still have a talent deficit. Like, I'll, I'll use this as well, an but, 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 Danny, somebody, uh, and I, you know, I know how I feel about this, but just to play devil's advocate to that person or for that person to you, I, I agree with your theory. But, man, we, people really are pointing. They're really like this narrative of this is what they were when they played together. That's got people thinking that this team is going to be better than people like you and I maybe think that they're going to be. I don't, I don't think there's, there's a, a, an outside reality that it could be better than I think they're going to be. But I think there's a massive gap between the impact that a coaching staff is going to have and reality. That's what I think the disconnect is. Because I I have this team winning 46, 47 games. That's, that's, that's where I keep landing. Which, <laughs> ironically, the Warriors distorted what winning 50 games is like by winning you know 73 games winning 50 games is stupid hard it doesn't happen like you look back in the entire existence of this franchise i think they've won 50 or more five times once every 10 years and this is a this is a franchise that has one of the best winning percentages in the nba since they've been founded it's hard to win 50 games and but because you get the idea of what the Warriors did and how simple they've made winning 60, winning 70 games look. That's that's how it goes. Uh, I don't think that's accurate. It's entirely accurate as far as Draymond Green being involved. Well, David, but, David but, Lee was hurt to start the season and Draymond let, was put in. Yeah, let me let me add um, on the West thing, like you mentioned, is Phoenix going to stay healthy? Like these are all valid things to ask about every team every year. But there is an element of truth to the the team that stayed healthy one year largely struggles to stay healthy the next year. Yeah. The Warriors are an outlier situation, right? Um, they picked up some some nasty injuries over the last couple of years, but before that, they had a, a run of very good health over like a, a four-year stretch. A historic but, run of health. But before that, they had a pile of injuries before that. Remember, Steph was almost a near bust because, because of his of ankles. ankles. Yes. That's what people tend to forget. He was missing piles and piles of games that's the thing that that's what's so frustrating it's like there's so much luck involved with figuring that out that it's like yeah yeah they'll but the Blazers haven't done themselves a ton of favors in this regard by bringing in guys that don't have the cleanest bills of health throughout their career particularly no in the front court 
there's there's no doubt about that. But I'm just I'm playing the the what if game. Like there's there's a it's a tiny window. It's a small window that I don't think really exists. But it's not an impossibility for them to be in a position to shock a lot of people. If certain things, if the Lakers are truly as old as we say, and Anthony Davis can't stay healthy, there's which no are all point. things that very well within the realm of possibility. There is no Kawhi Leonard, and that Clipper team is a little different. You can say they played well against Phoenix without Kawhi. Sure. They but played commendably. I think that's the best way I can put that. I, I don't know what that looks like for 82 games. Utah just had a meltdown, and I think there's an, a, an element of truth of how do they respond to getting beat last year because they got called out pretty hard once they got eliminated. Gobert couldn't be put on the floor. That's fair. Dallas, nobody's trusting Dallas. You're not trusting Memphis yet. Denver is going to be one of those teams is going to be way worse. And one of those teams is going to be way better. And that's, if you want to give the Blazers the credit, they're likely going to be in a better position because for the most part, the roster is roughly the same. And that's why I keep leaning on the idea of like, they're going to be what they're going to be. Somebody said something in here that I could see the Blazers being top ten or top three in offense and top ten in assists. A coach does not change how a player plays, particularly a twenty nine or excuse me, CJ just turned thirty. Damon CJ thirty years old. This idea that Chauncey Billups in his first year is going to come in and fundamentally change what has made Damian Lillard one of the most famous and impressive basketball players of this generation is laughable. Genuinely, it is. Because this idea that all of a sudden Dame is going to change what has made him so successful through 10 years and scrap that, it doesn't happen in the NBA. There, there's, yeah. there's nowhere you can point to where that happens. Nowhere. It, it, it does not happen. Everybody wants to point, well, to, to Steve Curry and, and Steph in, in the Warriors, Steph was 24, 25 years old. That's the difference. You're not getting 30-year-old dudes to change it. Now, could Chauncey come in and get them to move the ball a little bit better? Get them to commit a little bit more defensively? Yes. Yes. Uh, Unquestionably. How impactful that is going to be, that's the question that I have going into this. Yeah. But do do you see, can you point to somewhere, and let's go modern NBA, in the last 20 years, where a coaching change has come in and you've gotten a in-prime veteran to fundamentally change how they play the game. All-star. Um, no. Guys I, are who they are. I, because, I can't think of one. And they got there because of who they are. Now, getting stuff on the margins, I 100% agree. I 100% agree that 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 not only like or, or as possible, it's likely. That's the thing. And here's 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 a great point. Either way, I'm just excited to see something different. I could 100% get behind that, right? Like seeing a different a different look for a franchise. I hope it's different. <laughs> how, okay. I, I mean, I mean, but that's the thing is, how different I, do you think it'll be? With with Chauncey and having a, a few different guys in there personnel wise, how what are the things that, you, that, that jump not that, out? To not you? that not that different because there's a lot of guys that I can't trust to play 82 games. So you're going to be dealing with the same situations that you you're banging your head against the wall. Nurkic is he going to play more than 60? Is Zeller going to play more than 60? Um, 
I, I just, if you, and you don't have those guys playing, what are you, what are you without CJ? If he gets hurt again, like we just, cause once you do hit 30, you're on the wrong side of health, right? Like it's a, it's a ticking clock and you hope these guys go another 10 years. Cause I like watching them play basketball, sure. but if they get, if they get injured again, like, are they going to be better? That I, I just, I think, I think it's you're you want to see different from an optimistic viewpoint, but different isn't always better. That's, that's you, the flip you, side. You do not know if it means it's going to be better. That's that's where I kind of still sit back and go, well, we'll see. Everybody is is giving each other flowers right now because it's you know the new the new teacher in town, right? So it, it's well, the, I also don't it, think the fans have a have a choice. Well, I'm just saying, just, you know, even from the players, like this is the honeymoon phase. Like the the article from Quick on on Nurk is just nothing but glowing reviews. What happens when the adversity hits? How well, does Nurkic how, isn't great there? No, exactly, and that's what, that's what I'm saying. It, it I, I it's gonna be interesting because for all of Terry's faults, when things were going sideways, you know what you never heard anything from anyone. He yeah. How how does that look under this regime? It, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes because even the best teams run into adversity. Oh, every year. It's so, a long season. So how does it start? If they start off on the wrong foot this season with all of the backlighting of Damian Lillard, will he stay? Will he go? Does that yeah. snowball and does that impact things? Does Nurk's contract? Like, There's so many things that are out there that we want to just put the blinders on about, and I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily the best way to go about it. Now, for fandom, may, may, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but with fandom specifically, because we're kind of talking about that, they, they don't have a choice. Like, the choice is to not care about the team that they love to watch and, and watch Damian Lillard or be mad so don't watch. Like, that's not realistic for Blazer fans. No. Like, I've lived here my whole life. They're always going to follow. The only years they didn't was those couple years, and it only lasted two seasons, and then they got right out of that. This fan base cares too much. So whether that person is ultimately right or not, we'll wait and see. But I also don't think in in that, you know, he or she's situation, they don't have a choice because it's their team. What, are they going to not watch? Of course. So why not spin it in a way to make yourself get excited about still watching your team? And the flip side of it, that is, when has any team ever made a coaching team across sports and then you not be excited about the new coach? You know what I mean? Like, can you, can you... and I, I should say specifically a, a coach being dismissed because a coach, like I, I think you could say pretty easily, like at Oregon locally, Chip Kelly leaving and Helfrich like stepping in. People were kind of like, eh, not, not thrilled yeah, about but... that. There were a lot of people that lied to themselves about how good he was. But that's, that's exactly my point, is that no matter what, especially when a coach is dismissed or fired, whatever you want to mutually part ways, and the new guy comes in, new guy's always better. New guy's always better in everybody's mind. And well, every- it's also been a long stint for Terry. Nine years is a long time. That's a long for time us. for any coach, let alone right. a coach that didn't win a title. Right, so... And that's that was going to be my next point is it, it makes it even better when you're replacing a non-legendary coach. Like, good luck to whoever takes over Alabama for Nick Saban. You know what I mean? When you get yeah. those situations, then it's like, a, well, I'm going to wait three, four years. Nobody Ryan wants Dale, to be that. No, nobody wants that first job. Nobody wants the first job. It's it. You're almost set up to fail. I'm not saying Billups is going to fail. I'm just saying it's not that level of coach you're replacing. It is a 
we were good. We were never great. You have one of the best players in the NBA, so here you go. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Corey says, don't think Maverick fans are excited about the new coach, but that's kind of what you just hit on. Rick Carlisle won an NBA title. He got your championship, yeah. But I would say that the vast majority of Mavericks fans as a whole still look at, at, at Jason Kidd as beloved. Um, we missed some shots. It's really fighting me on the Draymond Green thing. Go ahead and take a look and see how many games Draymond Green started. That's that's what I'm getting at here. David Lee was hurt, so Draymond Green started. <laughs> it, guys, I, it, it's how, this is how it goes. I, I, I know you want to believe in stuff that's just like, yes, it's, it's, it's fun to get excited about and all that kind of thing. But you talk to folks. Damian Lillard himself said it. This, the coaching change was not going to, it's not enough. He, the man himself said this. I, I, I just find that um, position odd. Like when we have actual people that matter the most telling us it's not good enough, we're still arguing with each other on Twitter about if it's good enough. It's like Damian Lillard was like the, the roster. We didn't really make any moves that I wanted. We didn't, I don't think we really got better. I know he didn't say that exactly, but he basically said that. And we'll still get people on Twitter that are like, uh, made really good moves considering their position they were in. It's like, not according to the best player who's <laughs> actually going to be on the court. Not, not, not according to the guy whose opinion matters the most. So, uh, <laughs> listen, it, it, as far as the Jason Kidd stuff, I think we could all agree that, that as, as, a, as a whole, nobody likes Jason Kidd uh, in the NBA fandom world, and nobody really thinks he's a great coach. <laughs> like, uh, if you, if you want to read some terrifying stuff, go read Miran Fader's book. Uh, about Giannis. The Giannis book. Wow. It's, it is. It's some stuff. Uh, Joey says, thank you, Sprague. Amen. Um, but yeah, it's. <laughs> How would Damien know he's only had one coach in the NBA? <laughs> that's oh. a great response. That's a fan. That's a fantastic response. You know, that's, a, that's almost like we just end the show right with yeah, that comment. I, I think that's. <laughs> guys, I just. I love that. I'm going to, I am totally, I, are we both under the assumption that's sarcasm, right? I, I, I hope so. Or it's a really good troll job. You got me to roll my eyes really well. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff. Like you, you lose me. You, like I understand fandom. Like if, if there's one thing that I, if I, if I could do anything as it pertains to covering the Portland trailblazers is that I could go back seven, eight years. Like just like be a unabashed fan of this team. You you do get a little bit jaded. You do like some of the shine falls off, but it it does it does suck in that regards, right, Brandon? When you're when you're like covering a team, you do lose that ability to just be like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna believe in this team. Well, see, I uh, this this never makes sense to some people, but. I have fandom. Yeah, I, I mean, but, I do too. But, but I will I will always, doing this job, I will always be as honest about something as, 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 I, as I can be. And I'll never try to sugarcoat any. Mm -hmm. Like, or I'm an Oregon State football fan. Do you know how bad we've been my entire existence? I wasn't a fan as a kid. I didn't have any allegiances to it. I went to the school. Hell, when I was at the school, I didn't even really care. It was when I graduated, I missed it. I met my wife you, there. You like, gravitate towards it. You gravitated towards it. You know, you don't have it in your life. I I can tell you that they're not great. I can tell you yeah. I'm nervous about them getting blown out of and USC. And it's okay. And it's okay because it doesn't ultimately ruin the fact that I still care. Or that I you're a fan. I still root for the Blazers, but I don't, 
I don't go well. I like the Blazers and I want them to be a title contender. So I'm going to come out here and be like, hey, guys, I, I really think they can win a title this year. Honestly, I don't. But we, we've been wrong about worse things, I guess. Uh, one question here about outsiders. Is Blazers outsiders, Joe Simon's going to still be on MEC Sports Northwest this season? No, MEC Sports Northwest is, sh- is shutting down in a week. So, no. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Joe and I have some stuff cooking um, that hopefully we will talk about here in a little while. Um, the, I guess we'll kind of wrap on here because we're hitting about an hour and a half and get you out of here. Um, we've got Anthony Simons tomorrow. So if you guys have got questions, DM me, hit me up on Twitter. Um, I, I tweeted something out a little while ago. Uh, I'll check it before I get down with him. I think I, think I took like 10, 11 questions for, for Greg, and, and Greg loved loved him. He particularly loved the, the question that you asked him. I, I, won't, I won't bring that up because you get to play that one on the show, which was great. Um, you, you, uh, you managed to get Greg completely uh, sideways, so that was fantastic. Um, but I, I, I can't get out of here without this. Are we, are we putting in Abby's Pizza? On USC or Oregon State? Not straight up. Points? I'll give you the points. I get the points. I'll give you the points. I'll give you the points. Here, I want to. I'm going to be we, very fair on this. Go ahead go go and pull the line. I'm going to VegasInsider.com right now. Okay. I'm going to pull up the line. I'm going to go to the consensus line, not one specific. No, no, no book, that's fine. The consensus. I'll, I'll pull it up right alongside you. The consensus right now for Oregon State USC is 13.5. Bro, it's 11. That is dangerous. Bet is on. Okay. Remember, I will take Oregon State plus the 11. Remember the uh, Washington State game when I texted you and I said, they're either going to go in there and absolutely demolish them or get embarrassed. And Danny, for a we, quarter, it looked like they were going to get embarrassed. And then they came we, out and dump truck them. We do Pac-12 picks against the spread every week on the radio show, and I picked them to cover, uh, what was it, 12 uh-huh. or 11? Because I, I – I, Programs like USC, I always vote that they're going to come out and kick ass the next week because they're finally free of the douchebag coach. When they got down 14-0, I remember thinking, I hate this team. I hate hate life. I I tweeted out, I hate college football. And then they scored. I'm like, ah, college football is okay. And then they scored again. I'm like, I love college football. They scored again. I'm like, ah, college football is the best, baby. (laughs) You might have the most quarterback-worthy name in all of college football. Jackson Dart is fantastic. Jackson Dart, Dart. and Dart and run on the one eye eye black. So, all right. So we there it is. Little little handshake bet on an on an Abby's pizza and for the that was it was eleven, right? Eleven. Okay. Well, hold on. Let me double check. Make sure it's not eleven and a half. Yeah, I was saying it's eleven. Okay, it's eleven. We will go with eleven. Oof. You like that? I, 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 I'll, a confidence meter. How are you feeling about that? I talked with Mike Parker, the voice, and I told him I feel like they're going to win. And I think there's an element of USC played really well. They're going back to Slovis, though, which is a mistake in my opinion. And well, that's because Jackson's banged up. So he can't play at all? I, I believe he's got a rib. Well, that's really unfortunate yeah. luck for you guys. I, I, I don't think... Keaton, Keaton Slovis is a very nice kid. I, I talked to him at Pac-12 Media Day. Slovis very, very vacillates nice. between being a, a consensus top five pick in the NFL draft and a fourth round pick. And I would lean he's more the fourth round pick in my opinion. And it's I could it's be, so frustrating. I could be wrong on that. <laughs> I think Oregon State's got the offense going with Chance Nolan. I think that I really think the Beavs, they haven't won in LA since September 16th, 1960. They they break that. Good Lord. Has it been yeah. that long? I knew it had been a long time. I didn't realize it was that long. 
and they largely get blown out when they go to LA. There's this weird thing where USC, when they play Oregon State at home, they just weirdly always get up for that game. And Oregon State, when USC comes to Corvallis, always gets up for that game because yeah. it's USC. Yeah, that, that one makes sense. And, of course, this is on Jack Ramsey's The College Football Podcast. Uh, but that's a, that's, a, that's a little bet between a USC guy and an Oregon State guy. Uh, thank you guys for stopping by. I appreciate it. Uh, again, we're, we're going to try to do these on Wednesday nights. We're going to have some stuff uh, for Media Day. Uh, I'll, I'll, debating on whether or not I'm going to cover FanFest on site or here. It depends. Moving around with my leg right now. I don't know if I can move around in the concourse all that well. We'll, we'll see. Media day is a little bit different because it's not going to be a billion people in there. Because uh, if somebody runs into me uh, when I'm navigating Moda, I'm going to beat them to death. <laughs> if I get set back with his leg one more time, I'm going to kill somebody. So, uh, but yeah, uh, if you haven't already, like, rate, review, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do that. Uh, like I said, I do have the interview with Anthony Simons coming out tomorrow. I am efforting a few other guys. If you haven't already, please check out the Greg Brown interview. Greg was a ton of fun. I wasn't entirely sure what to expect because, you know, 19-year-old kid, not a ton of experience, was not shy, was not shy at all, and uh, got some great answers out of him. Uh, He's clearly got some people around him that are guiding him in the correct manner. You could could Mm -hmm. pick that up. So highly recommend. Uh, Like I said, I've got a few other ones coming. I finally have the Damian Lillard piece getting ready to come out. Uh, my leg caused some problems and I didn't really write or do any video for almost two weeks. So I had to take a little bit of recovery time, but uh, Brandon, let everyone know what you got coming up for the rest of the week. And uh, we'll kind of get out of here with that. Uh, We got college football NFL on the radio show, dirt and Sprague, six to 9 a.m. on 1080 the fan tomorrow. And obviously Friday football Fridays on the fan are always fun. We'll talk with Mike Parker on Friday. We got a lot of picks to give you guys go and rate. Rate, review, subscribe. RRS, the Jacked Ramsey's podcast. Please leave a review, even if it means Sprague sucks or we don't. I don't like the podcast. Just leave a review. Give us five stars. Uh, help us continue to build this thing. We got some things that kind of in the hopper that we're hoping can come to fruition, and so we appreciate all the support that we've gotten so far. And on Sunday, I'll be on the Odyssey app, BetQL Network, and all over um, the country on different radio stations doing backed. Uh, back to the Futures on the BetQL Network doing some uh, sports gambling. Basically, NFL recap Sunday at 5 o'clock Pacific. All right. As always, folks, you can catch me on social media at Danny Morang across everything except for Instagram because I can't get the squatter off at D Morang. Uh, I have a TikTok. I haven't used it. I won't use it. Don't don't follow him on TikTok. I don't. 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 I don't mean, you could, you. but no, I, I don't recommend it. Um but, uh, like I said, I've got the interview with Anthony Simons. I've got the Damian Lillard piece getting ready to come out. Um, hopefully, we'll have at least one, maybe two more players before um, train, or excuse me, preseason really gets underway. Uh, and then we'll uh, kind, kind of go from there. Uh, we missed some shots. I love the show, guys. I'm just a stubborn Blazers fan. Hey, listen. Hey, it's no, we're enti- here to talk. That's, it's entirely allowed. I'm going to give you hell for it. Brandon, like, this is going to go, ah, you know, and I'm going to give you hell about it. That's, 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 that's what I do. It's, it's all good. It genuinely is. Um, I love to hear all the viewpoints of everything. Like I, there's things that people say, and I'm like, I never thought about that before. Yeah, and that's that's true. And even if I don't think you're right, or I think you're insane, it's not necessarily about right or wrong. It's like how far outside the spectrum that you operate. At least for me, I still want to hear it because some people be like, I'm the one who's being unreasonable. And I'll be like, No, it's not me. It's the kids. You know, go 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 full principal Skinner with it, right? We may need, depending on what your takes end up being throughout the season, there may need to be a segment created 
during the pod once a week called Douchebag Danny, and they're just like, hey, Douchebag Danny, you were wrong about this. Hey, Douchebag Danny, you're wrong You know about what's, what's this. funny? We, we, we did something along these lines on Outsiders in like year one, and they pocketed it because I got a ton in a row right to start it off. And they're like, no, we can't make fun of him for this. What's funny is, like, the next month I got, like, I went, like, 2-19 and over a 21-game stretch. And, of course, they piled it on there. So, Oh, of course. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. But uh, until then, we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys on Sunday for the Mailbag Pods. If you want to get your generic mailbag questions in, jackramsey's at gmail.com. You can DM me uh, on Twitter, at Danny Morang. You can reply to the tweets on Jack Ramsey's or at Danny Morang. You can send him to Sprague. He probably won't notice him, and he'll be like, oh, that's what that is. Um, <laughs> where's the lie? Uh, and, and shout out to Abby's Pizza, uh, who's not officially sponsoring the show, but I mean. They're our unofficial partner. Remember, if you're going to order from Abby's Pizza, use the, use the uh, checkout code jackramsey's just to let them know. Zero percent off, but a hell of a smile. Yep, and uh, we'll catch you guys uh, next time, and uh, take care. Have a good week, and we'll talk soon. 